The Holy Gospel of our Savior, Jesus Christ, according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. This is the testimony given by John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? He confessed and did not deny it, but confessed, I am not the Messiah. And they asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. Then they said to him, who are you? Let us have an answer for those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. As the prophet Isaiah said, now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, why then are you baptizing if you are neither the Messiah nor Elijah nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water. Among you stands one whom you do not know, the one who is coming after me. I'm not worthy to untie the thong of his sandal. This took place in Bethany, across Jordan, where John was baptizing. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. I may regret saying this, which of course is a great way to start a sermon, but I may regret saying that I've always struggled to have a good pattern of my prayer life. Now, I don't want you all to be shocked to hear that. Maybe you are that your priest is imperfect in prayer, though if you know me really, this should not shock you. But to find a rhythm that matched onto the imagery I've had of prayer in my life has always been difficult. Prayer in our movies and shows and advertising and the imagery put forward is often us sitting at the edge of a bed at night and saying our prayers. Nothing wrong with that. It's actually how I learned to pray. I learned to pray of, on the top bunk of my bunk bed, saying the Lord's Prayer with my mother before I went to sleep. And sometimes the prayer to Blessed Mother Mary as well. We were Catholic then. But growing up, if I wasn't praying with my mother, I struggled to find out how I, as an individual, prayed. Because my prayer life, especially as I've gotten older, looked less and less and less like sitting on the edge of my bed and saying prayers at night, and more of a constant stream of consciousness with God, laying it all out unfiltered. I smiled when I read our second lesson or our third lesson today from 1 Thessalonians. We hear from Paul's letter to the Thessalonians, rejoice always, pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise the words of the prophets but test everything, hold fast to what is good, abstain from every form of evil. That idea of praying without ceasing captures my imagination because it feels so much more 
like how I am in conversation with God, then the image of prayer I had as a young child, which is what I thought conversations with God should look like. What is it to pray without ceasing? What is it to stay in constant conversation with God for better or for worse? For me to sit on the edge of my bed and pray can sometimes feel stilted or contrived, too polished. I am not always that polished, and my relationship with God is certainly unpolished. My relationship with God, when it's at its best, is a relationship born of vulnerability, of wholeheartedness, and of being my whole self, the good, the bad, the ugly, the weak and the strong. And when I feel most connected with God, when my prayers feel the most honest, it's when I bring all of myself and who I am to that relationship. That, I believe, is the heart of prayer being our whole selves with God. We're not cultivating the best version of ourselves, the most proper, the most Christian, the most religious. It's not when we pray for the right things to pray for, but when we bring our God-made self before God's feet and say, this is who I am, this is what is on my heart. And when we can receive that love of God with all of who we are. I often find poetry to be a language of prayer and many poets have spoken of it as such. While my mother taught me to pray, my father taught me to appreciate poetry. Our house was filled with poetry. It was one of his passions. And so I found the language of poets through the ages, speaking explicitly and implicitly about some power other than ourselves. And what's fascinating about poetry is how vulnerable it can be, how it brings the whole complicated self to the page. In thinking of this relationship of prayer, I came across a poem by Joy Harjo, She's our current poet laureate for the United States, the first indigenous poet laureate for the United States since we began having poet laureates, I believe in the 1930s. Her poem is called Eagle Poem, and I'll read just the beginning of it. To pray you open your whole self, to sky, to earth, to sun, to moon, to one whole voice that is you. And know there is more that you can't see, can't hear, can't know, except in moments steadily growing and in languages that aren't always sound, but other circles of motion. To pray you open your whole self. That, to me, <laughs> is the depth of my honest prayers to be my whole self with God. If we can take that belief, that imagery of what it is to pray, 
back to what Paul is saying to the Thessalonians, we have a challenge laid before us. Paul says, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Now, that could look like someone with their head bowed, hands clasped, and praying to God constantly. But what if our whole life is prayer? The thoughts running through our heads, our actions, our questions, if our whole lives are conversations with God. And at their best, if our prayers are being our whole selves, what does it look like to be our whole selves without ceasing? This is the heart, one of the many hearts of Christianity, to find the way to be our whole selves without ceasing. Listen again to the words of the poet. To pray, you open your whole self to sky, to earth, to sun, to moon, to one whole voice that is you. To pray is to be vulnerable. To pray is to be in touch with who we are as God's created people and to give our whole selves over to God. Yes. We pray in corporate and formal settings. We recite the words of the prayers of the people. We pray and petition as been, has been laid out in the prayer book. But it is not just those finely tuned words that are prayer. It is our whole self. And we are best in conversation with God when we can be our whole and true and vulnerable selves before the Lord our God. It is easier said than done. It is such a challenge to be our authentic selves, to be who we truly are, to put forward all of ourselves rather than just that which feels bright and shiny and worthy of God. There is no part of ourselves that is unworthy. There is no part of ourselves that is not created by the divine. To live our lives as praying without ceasing is to be our most authentic selves as much of the time as we can. I don't have to tell you for you to know that that is not something easily accomplished, but a lifelong journey to find our authentic selves, to love our authentic selves as much as God loves us. So often our prayers towards God, our petitions for interventions, for love, for forgiveness, for comfort, and God, in God's unceasing love, is already sharing all of that with us. But perhaps in our prayers, we are seeking that language so that we may love and forgive and cherish ourselves 
as much as God loves and cherishes us as God's children. First Thessalonians has been with me all week in ways that I usually don't connect to Paul's letters. But this text keeps sitting on my heart. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing, ceasing give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench spirit. First Thessalonians is considered to be probably the oldest Christian text that we have, written maybe in 48 or 50. And the instructions it gives us are so simple and so pure. It's not parsing theological law or the concept of the Trinity or understanding the difference between the Jews and the Gentiles is simply telling us to pray, to rejoice and give space for the Holy Spirit. There is no more appropriate language for us to hear on this, the third Sunday of Advent, as we light the pink candle of joy. The Sunday of Advent where joy breaks through despite whatever state we find ourselves in, of waiting, of uncertainty, of despair. Rejoice. Rejoice in who you are as you pray without ceasing, as you compassionately bring your whole self to God. Rejoice because you are a child of God, beloved and divinely made. Rejoice because the forgiveness, the compassion, the comfort, the companionship that we seek from God is already there, waiting for us to accept it. Rejoice because despite all that we hope for, there is so much we already have. We pray without ceasing in this season. We pray without ceasing through our lives. For God is there hearing our petitions, our prayers, our thanksgivings and gladness, our hopes and our fears. And God is loving our whole selves. John the Baptist once again in our gospel calls us and points us to the one who is to come the embodiment of this love and acceptance, this compassion and grace. May we continue to prepare ourselves, our whole selves, our God-made selves, for the one who is to come with rejoicing, with prayer, and with the companionship of our community. For the spirit unquenched moves through us and through this time and this place so that we may know the gift that is to be in relationship with God. Amen. <laughs>